Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Luke Charles, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before I get into the word, promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, and just, I just thank you for coming into our midst and staying there and not leaving early, and just allowing us to fellowship together in you and become edify each other and those around us. And encourage other people inside of Christ. Well, I also thank you for just giving us emotions and building us inside of your image so that we're not brainless or animal-like. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right, so we're continuing our study in First Corinthians. Can I get a volunteer to read from verse 18 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, Kyla. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise in, they, in that they are futile. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas are the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Mm-hmm. Well, amen. And with that, the floor is yours to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you for yourselves first, and then also for each of us. And then also to ask any questions that you may have. Okay? Who would like to begin? I will. I just have to get to the spot I need to get to. Okay. If you guys will flip with me to Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1? Chapter 1. Okay. Okay. We'll start at verse 8 and we can go to verse 9. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be graceful ornaments on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, Come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from the path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owner. 
I found it interesting when Paul was writing about how he catches the wise in their own craftiness. The Lord was taught telling me that he's not catching the literal wise, but the people who think of themselves more highly than others and think they can get away with it. Because the Lord has no problem with us having wisdom, but it's when it becomes a certain point where it's more so pride in your own knowledge of the circumstances and situation when it becomes a problem. And Layla one day said there's a difference between craftiness. Craftiness denotes an evil connotation of thinking you can do all the sin wrong and get away with it at the end and think you can outsmart the Lord, but that's not how it works. And how the Lord showed me in Proverbs how they thought they are going to do all this wrong and get all these spoils from it, but in actuality, they end up killing themselves trying to do that. The stone rolled onto them. Okay, that's interesting, which also goes to other scripture, right? It's better that you fall on the stone than the stone falls on you. Yes. Okay. Or on the rock than the rock falls on you, depending on your translation. Mm -hmm. You all remember when the Lord, uh, we've read in was it Peter's, uh, first and second Peter, and in various places where God made a distinction between the wisdom of the world, which was sensual and demonic, and godly wisdom, which was full of the life of God and produced the the fragrance and the, the things that represent Jesus Christ. Godly wisdom produces after its kind, which is after God. But carnal wisdom, worldly wisdom, which is what he's referring to here in a specific way, um, that is sensual and demonic and comes from the pit of hell. Does that make sense? You guys remember that? Yes. Okay. And like you said, God wants us to have wisdom. We have a whole book in the Bible about wisdom. Proverbs. Proverbs, exactly. And wisdom, godly wisdom, is what's being described in Proverbs. And our adherence, our placing our value on the God kind of wisdom, because that will produce good in our lives. And your reference in Proverbs, Charles, where he was saying, here's the difference. Listen to the wisdom that your parents are giving you. Because this is making the correlation, his parents were giving him wisdom from God versus the world's wisdom that says, hey, we can go get some free stuff. All we got to do is set a trap for innocent people and kill them real quick and we'll get all their spoil and we didn't have to work for it. We're just going to take the easy route to it. So he was telling us to make the distinction to view godly wisdom and value and prize that and adhere to it and shun or turn away from carnal wisdom. Yes, what you also see, and since you brought our Proverbs, sir, at the beginning of chapter 2, actually, really, the entirety of chapter 2, but uh, we'll give you the first 11 verses, right? My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her, that is wisdom, as silver, and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, 
Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. But again, even in this, we see where it comes from. Not through our own systems and education and all the rest of it. Wisdom and knowledge and understanding comes from the Lord. You see the same thing in Isaiah 11, verse 2, right? Discussing the Holy Spirit. The spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. All right, there, there, as you were pointing out, sir, there's two types of wisdom. Or, and as Paul in this letter to the Corinthians is pointing out, there's two types. One is divine and from the Lord and produces good fruit. And the other is, as John references, the Apostle John in 1 John, that it's earthly, sensual, demonic. Which, that in and of itself, makes a distinction. It is against God. It is against the Lord's wisdom. But it only produces evil and every corruptible thing. Anyone else? I do. No. Go for it. Oh, and with Paul, you also see his warning, his admonishment in boasting. Don't boast in men and all these things you may have. It brought me to James chapter 4 again. <laughs> um, just reading <laughs> verses 13 through 17, it says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there. Buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. And therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Mm -hmm. So you see... Paul here is warning us um, to watch what we're doing. Yes, get the godly kind of wisdom. And when you attain that, remain humble. There's no reason for you to boast and go, look at me, good teacher. What must I do? There's not a call for that. What we're supposed to use our wisdom for is to, yes, preserve yourself, please. But help others around you, not keep it stored up to yourself and not to again boast boasting brings about a lot of trouble and the multitude of words sin is not lacking and when you're boasting you surely are talking a lot i know from experience of boasting i bring trouble upon myself because then i say things that i don't really mean and it comes out as a lie and all the trouble that can bring never mind the other stuff that i might say so it's important that we, yes, we go after wisdom, we pursue it, but don't let that become your idol now. It takes the place of God. Your goal, your intent, your purpose is to chase after him. And in that, you mm -hmm. gain wisdom and understanding. Mm -hmm. Not you're chasing after wisdom and understanding, and now that's your God. Because now you're out of line, and it loses its value at this rate. Okay. Well, yes, that, that's, that's good counsel in general. Um, God resists the proud, but gives more grace to the humble. He always wants us to be humble. But in this, this section of scripture in 1 Corinthians, um, 
he's also referring to when he says, let, therefore, let no one boast in men. He's saying, wait, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the foundation. You can't stand on anything or anyone else. So he's reminding them after he's, you know, he's begun this conversation that he's having with them and instructing them about the quarreling and about um, fighting and people are claiming their representation is of a, a man versus the Lord and Savior. And he's culminating that in this statement going, so it's not about any other human, it's about Jesus Christ. And then as he goes to the end of the chapter, he goes, and you are Christ and Christ is God's. Like, so we're, all of this goes back to God. These people that have preached the gospel to you are not made to become idols or replacements. They're merely representatives and they can only speak to you based on the grace that's been given to them by Jesus Christ. So he's trying to wrap it up for them, if you will, bring it in to making sure they understand there's only one name under heaven by which men can be saved. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes into the Father by him, except through him, I'm sorry. Um, but also, as you remember, do you guys remember when John in Revelation got all this divine revelation and he was so grateful and he fell down to worship the angel? Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. And what did the angel say? He rebuked him. He said, see that you don't do this. I am your fellow brother. I'm just like you. I just happen to be able to share this information. So even in that in, in that case where it was looking at these wonderful things in heaven and things that we would all love to see, it's still a reminder, there's one God. There's one Lord and Savior. And while these are our brothers and sisters who may be sharing the gospel with us and even helping us come into deeper understanding and revelation by sharing what Jesus shared with them, with us, we are not to misplace our hope, our gratitude, our foundational stance and place it within that person is to remain on Jesus Christ. I just um, want to um, share something. I think y'all are all covering it really well, but maybe to help encourage those that are listening to uh, find a way to gain more insight themselves. Please. And so um, at least um, in English speaking countries, because I know this goes out to others that that's not uh, other countries where there's not the primary language. But uh, um, you can find an interlinear Bible. There's free apps for them that are really kind of neat. And so if we look at uh, verse, talk about the word wise. If we look at verse 18, um, it's used um, twice in there. And the, and the word used is sophos. In the first time it's being used there, it's actually referencing back to a person's own wisdom. Later, it references wisdom in general. So Sophos is used both times in 18. Then we go over to 19, and it's uh, where wise is used. It's Sophia. And then we go over into 20, and it's uh, Sophon. So they're all derivatives of the same word, but we get hung up in English because we hear wise or wisdom, and we think all the same thing. But the original text in which it was written is a, is a much richer language. And there's much more of these that you can find yourself. And this is how you mine out the word of God yourself, how you dig in and look at it, understand what God's trying to show you in that by just spending some time comparing these things. Because um, I think Charles did a good job of hitting it about, you know, it's not, God's not telling us not to be wise here. That's a clear 
thing. We are to be wise. Because we wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. There's lots of references to that. But it's when we rely on our own wisdom or worldly wisdom, which are some of the references that are being made here. And so just have some fun. Look it up and uh, dig into those words. Thank you, Dean. Who else has something they want to share? No, I think Mama pretty much summed it up. So let's hear what God is saying to you. Yes. Well, I found it interesting. This entire section, it kind of, for me, it kind of goes back to verses 15 through 17 that we read in a previous devotional. How the Lord was saying, your their works our works will be tested with fire and only what is good will remain and also how we're supposed to be the temple and kenneth hagan said something interesting in the devotional we were reading he was talking about how so many people don't receive what they're asking for they're praying and asking god for purely because they try to approach it from a physical standpoint they try to approach it from understanding with their head versus understanding with their inward man and that also goes to wisdom. And we can be, like, as a believer, I can be wise and understand this is something that the Lord is giving me, but I can misplace that wisdom thinking because I understand it with my head versus understanding it with my inward man. And I've made a mistake because I was using my head to understand it and to apply the wisdom that the Lord was giving me. But he was telling me to apply it in a different manner that goes in what he was talking to me about in my inward man. And like Latras was saying, God clearly isn't telling you to not have wisdom. He says in all you're getting, get wisdom and get understanding. And he tells us repeatedly to be wise because God himself is wise. So he would, it's illogical for us to assume he wants us to be unwise. But here I also see don't, approach wisdom as worldly but also don't just understand it with your head don't try to just understand god with your head but to understand him with your heart and if you were in this instances when he was writing to the corinthians if they were understanding god with their heart and what these people were teaching him like paul apollos and cephas if what they were teaching them with their heart they wouldn't come to the conclusion that now they have to quote unquote worship them it wouldn't be them choosing sides and saying or creating divisions because the same principle, the core principle was still there. God is the foundation and versus approaching it from a natural standpoint, they would be able to see that. That's all. Thank you. In chapter three, verse nine, it says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God." You are God's building. Mm -hmm. So pointing it all back, it all comes from the Lord. And so like you're saying, Kyla, as you, as he was describing this to them, helping them see this is the big picture. And there's no need to try to stand on anything else or to try to find it or allow place for a division. God is the one who's made all of this. So appreciate it, but keep the right perspective and that way you can't actually move forward. And Paul's word, Apollos's word, Cephas's word could not sustain anybody and keep them out of hell. It couldn't raise any of them from the dead. Exactly. It couldn't do anything 
for them other than provide maybe information, maybe. But it was them speaking God's word. It was God's word coming through their mouth as it was God's word that sustained them. And it was their mouths that he used to share that word, but it wasn't their word that they generated in and of themselves. Thank you, Kylo. Mm -hmm. But, and I want to add this, right? Because um, you brought up something interesting about, and Layla did as well. Uh, Layla, you used the, the rich young ruler, right? And then also the pursuit of wisdom of being head knowledge is what you brought up, Kylo. Okay. The rich young ruler was ultimately looking for what? Kudos. Accolades. <laughs> Kudos and, and accolades. That's part of it. At the core, though, it's validation. He wanted the rubber stamp. Yes, you've done it all correctly, except that's not what happened. Jesus went through the the Ten Commandments, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've done it all. Except that he didn't go through all Ten Commandments. He left out one, the first one. You shall have no other gods before me. Which is why he asked him, which is the same thing he asked his disciples. Then you must be willing to give up homes and family and, and vineyards and, and all these other things and farms and land and come follow me. Right, the rich young ruler had all those things, and those were his, his gods. But then was also, he, because he had approached it through head knowledge. And Dean, you brought up this great point about the looking at even the interlinears, right? They are, it is a tool for us to use. And, and, and I love how you made that distinction. You, you said it's a tool for us to use to help us to understand. And that's absolutely true. It's a tool that we can gain additional understanding from. It's not a substitute. So I love how that there's that distinction there because as we look back, even in Jesus' time and, and Paul's time, Paul was also a Pharisee, a Pharisee among Pharisees. The Pharisees approached it how? As head knowledge. And as a result of that, they missed the Lord of glory standing and talking right in front of them. They had the original, it was their language. It was the one the Lord gave them. And even so they didn't need to go look at any linear Bibles and all the rest. They had, knew, learned from birth the original language and they missed it. They missed him. They missed the Lord. All right, Paul even, so it's not, also it's not about education level. All right, Paul in scripture lays out his, credentials. Here's everything. Oh, I'm of this tribe, and uh, I did this, and I'm a Pharisee among Pharisee, and I'm all these other things. And even then, if we look at his life, and especially in Galatians, what happened? Yeah, he preached the word for three years, and then the Lord brought him out to the wilderness through the Holy Spirit to teach him his word. Even though he had been studying his word, the, the Lord's word, his entire life, he didn't understand it. So in those three examples, we see the distinguishing difference between the Lord's wisdom and man's wisdom. Man's wisdom will miss it every time. But the Lord's wisdom is true. It doesn't miss anything. Does that make more sense? Yes. Okay. Thank you, honey. 
in verse 21, there's also an encouragement that he's giving. He's saying at the end, he says, for all things are yours. Constantly, and as we are in the world, but not of the world, there's a temptation, you know, that the enemy tries to come up, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to feel like we have to grab something for ourselves and um, try to find a reason or allow opportunities for divisions to come. But he's got, Paul is saying here, you have all things. Uh-huh. So you can, you can relax. You can you can calm down. You have all things. Jesus is the all, right? He is the one who fulfills all in all. He is the all. You have him. That's enough. You don't need to add to it, well, I've got this one too or that one too, or try to carve out for yourself a place. Uh-huh. What God has equipped us for, what he's blessed us to do, what he's called us to is sufficient. And um, you were referencing this um, yesterday, Lee Charles, and saying we are expected to continue to grow. We're expected to continue to increase. It's not going to fall on us like ripe cherries off a tree or just happen. But the task that God has suited us with is enough to occupy our time. We don't have to be afraid that we're not going to have something, so we have to snatch something else to try to add to ourselves to add value. What God did is enough. God is our great, our exceedingly great reward. Jesus is our reward. He's our banner. He is sufficient. He's enough. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Go for it, promise. Okay. The Lord was showing me verse... Verse 19. I know multiple... People have covered this, but this is just what the Lord's talked to me about. Okay. And he was talking about, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For his friend, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Futile. The Lord showed me that inside of that verse, it wasn't, he wasn't talking about that he wasn't going to catch the Lord gives people wisdom. He wasn't talking about catching the people he gave wisdom to as a gift inside of their own craftiness, but they're using it for their own personal gain. Uh-huh. He, he said he was catching people that are trying to use their wisdom for their own personal gain. Like, that guy with Absalom. I don't know. Yes, I hit the phone. Okay. He was found in his own craftiness by the Lord because he was trying to use his wisdom for his own gain. And also, the Lord showed me that when Leo was talking about how you're supposed to be using your wisdom to help people, it's not you're supposed to be using the wisdom that the Lord gave you and not trying to go, if you do, uh, we'll go back to Hithophel again. Uh, Hithophel. That he was trying, when he was talking about Absalom and the concubines, mm-hmm. David's concubines, mm-hmm. that okay. he would, he, what I'm trying to say is that you're supposed to use the wisdom that God gave you in the right application. That's right. Mm-hmm. So when you say, 
use it for your own gain. So if God, if I'm a business person and God gives me wisdom and how to run my business, I should apply that wisdom to my business and see the gain that comes from it, see the increase that comes from it as a result of me using God's wisdom. So God is not opposed to that. But what you're talking about is twisting. God gave information to you or something and you twist it to do something unrighteous or ungodly with it and to do it at the harm of someone else. That's more so what you're talking about, right? God yes. always wants us to use, use what he gives us in the right way. So he's not, a pro, he's not opposed to us gaining. He's not opposed to us having wealth or influence. or He's not opposed to us having those things. But he is opposed to us using them to try to counter God's actions. He's opposed to us using things mm-hmm. unrighteously and in an ungodly manner. He's opposed to us taking from, um, let's see, manipulating and hurting and harming and then trying to counter God with carnal wisdom, much like what Satan tries to do to God. Does that make sense? Yes. So he's okay, like with Jacob. He gave him wisdom with the branches, right? Yes. To put them in front of the the poplar branches, to put them in front of the troughs. So when the, the herd would come to drink water or conceive in front of these branches, they came out spotted and speckled. God gave him that wisdom in a dream. So God was not opposed to him having increase. And his, as a result, his flocks and herds were increased, right? Yes. But he is opposed to um, what you were saying, like Ahithophel was taking, God gave him a place of understanding and he took it and turned it into something ungodly and to try to usurp what God had already put into place, which was David as king in that particular instance. Uh-huh. And also, the Lord showed me that hey, you have to come to the front window. Wait, don't come <laughs> to the Sorry, window. not the front window. Sorry, sorry, the front door. The door, okay. Mm. okay. I said the wrong thing. I, after that, I meant to say that you're not supposed to come through. Even, even though you have the key to come inside the house, you try to grab a brick, break the window, climb through the window to get inside your house. The Lord's giving you a key to go unlock the door, open the door, come inside and close it. Mm-hmm. It's oh. To come inside the house, to enter in, right? Yes. Absolutely. But, but it has to go the correct way. Jesus' way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? No one comes to the Father but through me. Oh, and you're talking about John chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Mm-hmm. So you're saying just come by the way that God meant. Use the resources and the tools in the way that he designed them for you to use them. Right? Yes. And he wants us not to try to, God wants us to have increase. He wants us then God's natural way is that we reproduce and we have much harvest. That's his concept. But he doesn't want us to try to have it apart from him. And then putting ourselves in his place to become God. He wants us to walk with him while he gives the increase. All right. Anybody have anything else they want to share? Okay. Well, then let's pause there for today. All right. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, sir. 
Lord, just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for blessing us with wisdom, Lord. Just giving us the understanding and the knowledge that you deem that we are worthy to hold at this time, Lord, and all that we can manage, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for blessing us continually, Lord, and just making it where we can continue to learn more through these Bible studies, Lord, and continue to go forward on the path that engineering that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.